Thank you for joining us for this episode of Weathering the Market. I'm meteorologist Kaylee Carey. And I'm meteorologist Dion DeLeo. And today we are going to be talking about pre-plant projection. <coughs> what? Sorry, excuse me. It's okay. We'll it's allergy season. It's allergy season and I'm trying <laughs> know, so I'm hard. Trying I'm trying so hard not to snuff right now. So sorry if we leave that in. That's okay. <laughs> Dion, what is a pre-plant projection? Well, we're going to be taking a look at everything weather-related coming up to the planting season that we're approaching very, very quickly. It's already going to be April already. I know, which is wild. So we're going to take a deeper look into just different oscillations heading into pre-plant. We're going to be looking at current soil moistures, the tendency for drought to occur in different areas, and what implications this has on specific crops, just in case you're interested. Because this summer could get juicy. Dun-dun-dun! And what do we mean by that? Well, we are currently in the transition from La Nina to... Enso neutral. That's, yeah. that's right. And when that happens, we start to see these weather patterns shift drastically. So basically, when it comes to the forecast, what do you think it is? Well, unfortunately, I wish it was better news for much of the country. Some areas will continue to see excessive dryness and those areas extend most across much of the western portions of the united states into the plains where you know these are already drought stricken areas i think we've we've talked about it before in some of our previous episodes um you know these are areas that are desperately needing rain and unfortunately with this neutral pattern it looks like the way things are going to set up we could see that dryness continue uh which could uh be well let's not could be it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little rough i think for those areas on the other hand, you've got uh, some excess precipitation and moisture expected across portions of the Midwest and the Ohio River valleys. And, you know, as we, you may or may not be aware, those areas have been actually doing well on moisture these last several months. And so they're going to see a bit, of a, a bit of an excess of ground soil moisture, which, you know, too much, of course, could be problematic for those areas. So, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's very, it's very, um, very polar across the United States. Well, at least not in terms of weather, just in terms of, you know, attitude, I guess, so to speak. Yes, and then another thing that I really wanna point out is as we do go through this transition, the hardest thing that we're looking at here when we transition from a La Nina is at the rate at which it's gonna take place because that's what I was really getting at is that heading into the summer, everything's kind of up in the air depending on how fast the sea surface temperatures cool down or if they warm back up because a lot of times we were just in that strong to moderate La Nina and after we're in that a lot of times we start to cool off and then we start to go back into a weak La Nina which means that it would almost mirror last year but we're kind of in this phase where we're dipping down and there's also that slim possibility so we're saying like maybe a 15% chance that El Nino could even develop after this and actually the last three months we have seen those sea surface temperatures change quite a bit, shifting a little bit more neutral, a little bit quicker than what the other models were predicting. So as we head into the spring season, there's still a lot of uncertainty with the forecast. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think, you know, we, we had looked, taken a look at some numbers earlier in the episode, or in an earlier episode, where we kind of talked about what potentially to expect later on. And earlier in this year, we were, we were fairly positive about the, the neutral, transitioning to the neutral, and um, that that was going to be a thing. So we're, so that's good. So that's we're on track. Good. We're on track for that. But like Haley said, you know, it is happening much quicker. And this could be an indication that maybe, just maybe, over the next month or two, we could see some of those predictions begin to shift where maybe the chance of an unknown gets a little bit better. That's right. You're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. 
Let's go ahead and talk about some hot spots real quick. I think the main areas that are going to be raising some concern and some areas that we're going to continue to monitor are going to be northern, western portion of Iowa. Absolutely, yeah. So again, it's looking pretty dry out there across the central plains and that dryness is right now is forecast to continue. Exactly. So we're going to have to watch that very closely. And then another hot spot is Kansas and Nebraska, because as we know, they've been behind on rainfall for a long time now. The soil moisture monitor has you know, indicated that some of these areas are experiencing severe to extreme drought already. And without any kind of additional precipitation, I mean, what is that? Is it just going to catch fire? We don't know. I mean, well, hopefully not. Hopefully that not. just went zero to 60 real fast. <laughs> it's just not looking good is what I'm getting at. You know, it's, it's not... It's not looking great for the Northern Plains. And especially for North Dakota and South Dakota, and that's even kind of stretching into Manitoba and Southern Saskatchewan as well. Those are some other regions we're gonna to have to watch. That's right, the Canadian prairies are, they've had a pretty mild season. Uh, it hasn't, the drought hasn't stretched too far and it hasn't been too bad. But as Kaylee mentioned before, you know, if this pattern continues, which we expect it to, it can continue to further push them. But something that kind of hits close to home for us is Texas. And we're starting to see drought-like conditions have been prevalent in the panhandle for quite some time. And that's, you know, where a lot of the cotton has grown. And we're starting to see that drought extend its way further south. So that's going to be something we're going to have to monitor as well. So cotton could become problematic. But hopefully, as we start to shift, we are going to be seeing more rain, more of those showers start to make their way in off the Gulf, more Gulf moisture make its way in maybe during hurricane season. That, that's kind of the, the whole double-edged sword to hurricane season, is that there's a lot of areas that desperately need that precipitation. And while nobody really likes a hurricane, we definitely need that Gulf, that gulf moisture that, that just kind of pushes in and brings us all that rain, so. And before we move on from crops, I do want to point out, we are seeing these abnormally warm temperatures right now kind of making their way across the country. But it is worth noting that the models are starting to pick up on a cooler second half of April. So indicating that it could, you know, slow things down a little bit because currently the MJO is in a phase six and we're expected to shift into a phase seven and five fast. So yeah. basically the MJO has been kind of, it's been going slow. It's been moving around sluggishly, but then all of a sudden now it's starting to pick up. So as we go from phase seven to five fast, that tends to indicate significantly cooler air making its way in. And you know where else it's been significantly cool? Where else has it been significantly cool? It's been significantly <laughs> cool in the UK, and that was taking place in early February before that cold snap took place here in North America in February as well. So we're just kind of watching these indicators, the way the blocking is set up, that we could be looking at this rush of cold air for the second half of April that the models aren't exactly picking up on yet. I'm seeing it, I would say, every... I would say every other run possibly. So I don't know, just a heads up. Second half of April could be a little bit cooler than you're anticipating, especially if you're in the central or eastern portion of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some exciting weather stuff. Just, yeah, exactly. A little bit a little bit of relief before we get into this uh, very interesting and you know potentially volatile summer. Exactly. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on today's episode. If you have questions, we would love to hear from you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Weathering the Market. We love sharing all this information with you guys. And if you didn't already know, we work for a company called Minuteman Weather, which provides a full range of energy and agricultural weather services. If you would like to sign up for a free trial or request more information, check us out at MinutemanWeather.com. We'll be back next Wednesday. Thanks.